Hello and welcome to the From the Rafters podcast. I'm your host, Pat Flynn, VP of Business Development at Varsity Partners. Varsity Partners is a creative consultancy specializing in fan strategy for the best in the game. We strengthen relationships between teams and their fans through brand, venue, and partnership solutions for college athletic departments. We'll be using From the Rafters to share stories and interviews with friends and industry experts that we hope will shine a spotlight on the creative side of sports and bring perspective to what we do at Varsity. For our first episode, joining us from the rafters of the LA Coliseum is Brendan Berger and Darren Beecham of the LA Rams. Well, guys, thanks so much for uh, for jumping on today. Um, first, obviously, we're, we're in some unprecedented times right now. Um, just want to hear from you guys, you know, how you're doing and uh, kind of what the last month has looked like for, for you guys and the Rams organization. Sure. So uh, obviously, uh, we had a grandmaster plan to roll out our new, uh, our new rebrand, new logos, and everything. And uh, given the current state of affairs in in the world, uh, that all kind of got thrown out the window. And you know, we had to kind of come up with a new idea. And you know, we still wanted to get the logos out there, given the timelines of you know our calendar year with the league and kind of what we still need to get accomplished. And you know, being prepared for when our players and everyone comes back. Um, you know, so we had a date, we were going to drop these logos and our rebrand and, uh, you know, we kind of stuck close to it. Um, you know, we were able to do it through, through the, uh, telephone with, uh, ABC, which is really cool for us. Um, you know, and I think I was telling you leading up to our initial rebrand launch, we had to leak. Uh, about two weeks before with a hat that got out through uh, you know, a third-party retailer, Dick Sporting Goods. So that kind of threw a curveball at things. Um, you know, so it, it's it's been uh it's been a roller coaster kind of the last couple of the you know last month really. Um and a lot of that's more on the uh you know uh digital media platforms and such, but um obviously I think you know on our impact what what we go through with a rebrand of having to replace pretty much every article of clothing that, that our players and coaches and staff wear. Um, and then, you know, from helmets, you know, head to toe helmets to shoes, you know, we, uh, we have all new color schemes, new everything. And it's, it's a major project um, and a huge undertaking for us. Darwin, you could speak, I mean, for us too, but uh, everything we do now is, is pretty much has a good change, you know, from, you know, the, the little logos on nameplates in the locker room to, you know, the chairs and everything else. I mean, it's, it's huge. It's a massive deal. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what I was going to allude to. I mean, you know, I, I know, you know, just from our past experience with, with UCLA, we know um, together what it takes to go into to something just on the college level. So um, wanted to see, you know, what kind of, how the planning was initially and, and then how, you know, this COVID-19 virus kind of derailed and, and shifted those plans. Can you speak a little bit more kind of into that process? Sure. So kind of our initial plan was to drop on, uh, <laughs> we had timed it up. So it would be during March Madness kind of, um, you know, we were trying to target a, a timeline in the calendar year and sport world. Um, March Madness just coincidentally with that timing, not anything to do, obviously, with March Madness, right? Right. Gotcha. We, uh, yeah, we were trying to time it up 
in sporting world where we thought we can grab, make a little splash, you know, kind of MLB spring training had just kicked off, you know, kind of got through that initial kickoff before they had opening day ceremonies. We didn't want to get into NBA or NHL postseason, uh, especially with the Lakers and Clippers in town here, uh, both having solid squads this year. Um, so we thought we we tried to make a splash in March here at the end of March. Uh, and then, you know, the, the initial plan was to drop logos and colors, and then we drop uniforms later on. That was kind of the initial plan was to do that. Um, you know, we were going to have an event downtown with unveiling, you know, with select, you know, VIP type guests. We, uh, <laughs> we actually were going to rent drones that were actually coming from Wuhan, China. So that didn't work out either, but we were going to have drones that were going to light up the Hollywood sign on uh, our new colors and stuff. We had some cool, we had some pretty cool stuff planned out. Wow. Unfortunately, it's, you know, we didn't get to do it, but it's too bad. We didn't, we didn't really get to tell that story. I think that was kind of the worst part about that little leak with the hat, um, you know, that draft hat, which really was a good representation of our logos and colors, uh, got leaked. And uh, we didn't really get that moment to tell our story. So I think that was kind of, the thing we were most upset about with, with everything, but. Uh, curious to see, you know, being on a different level on the pro level, you know, was there, was there that partnership from Nike to kind of execute on these things? What, you know, what was their involvement? Sure. So Nike, you know, Nike obviously is a huge partner. Um, you know, they were excited to, to jump on, help us to, you know, kind of come up with some ideas and thoughts. Um, Similar to, to how Under Armour did, you know, uh, they had a team come out and, you know, they did focus groups here in Los Angeles and uh, met with fans at some of our tailgates and such um, in the parking lots and kind of got all the all different vibes of Los Angeles and uh, trying to incorporate that. So when you look at the logo, you can kind of see keeping traditional colors that, that were uh, obviously a big hit, especially here before the Rams left Los Angeles. Um with those traditional kind of royal and yellow colors, um, you know, the fan base loves those. Uh, we wore them a lot the last couple of years being back here in Los Angeles. Um, so we knew we wanted to keep that and the fans spoke about that. But then tying in kind of the horn, but also it's kind of symbolizes a wave, which ties in kind of the beach vibe and the surf vibe that, that Los Angeles also has. Um, while still keeping some of those traditional hints you know, uh, of a ram, ram horn. So, which is still on our helmet, you know. So, um, that was important to the fans too. You know, it's kind of that traditional look. I thought we did a good job of keeping all that kind of a little bit of history with a new kind of for, modern to it. For sure, for sure. Yeah, Darwin. You know, obviously, a lot of uh, as we know. You know, with UCLA and and same same here, um, a lot of people had a lot of different opinions on on what that you know new logo, that new brand looked like. Um, kind of what what was your experience with with what the feedback was, and and how are how are kind of the Rams um, responding to that feedback? I mean, I, I think internally first, it's uh, I mean, we love it. You know, I think it's a it's a clean look. It gives it the LA vibe. Um, you know, and it kind of gets uh, get us out of the stages of the St. Louis Rams, you know. Um, uh, but obviously externally, dealing with the fans, obviously on social media like I am, it's it's pretty tough. It, like Berger was saying, if they would have been able to hear the story, it would have been 
they would have taken a lot better. And I, as you can, you know, even if you follow social media now, you can get on there and see, okay, fans are saying, all right, well, this is kind of cool. I see this now. I see this. But like I said, I think it's really cool. I love it. Uh, it's a fresh look and excited to see it all in action. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, that was – the whole project was, you know, 18 to 24 months in the making, obviously, you know. Uh, a lot goes into that. And just something else, we were we were kind of tying in, trying to get uh, – being in Los Angeles now, uh, you know, we felt Los Angeles is one of those cities that has, you know, kind of a lot of street cred almost, you would say, uh, with the L and the A and kind of it brings kind of a, a, a different perception to things. Uh, and then we're in a market, you know, with, with the Los Angeles Dodgers that have such a classic uh, hat, you know, their L.A. logo, uh, you know, I, I think it's probably second to the New York Yankees hat, you know, with. People know exactly what brand that is, uh, and it brings something to it. You know, it's not just about the team; it's about the the city and kind of the attitude and everything else that goes with it. You know, so we wanted to make sure we got the LA on into our logo somehow. You know, um, that was important to us, and uh, you know, we did it. We did it in a way that hasn't been done in in Los Angeles yet. So uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought it was important. Yeah, absolutely. And what was, um, you know, how did Nike respond to the feedback? Were they pleased with how things executed? Um, not just from, you know, feedback standpoint, from, but also from an execution point on the Rams organization. Like, were they happy with the release? Obviously, you know, there was a leak, you know, New Era was involved. Like, how did that all kind of come together? And how are all kind of the partners of the Rams um, feeling about the rollout? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously that, that got out when, like I said, we, we kind of missed the moment to tell our story completely, but, uh, overall they're, they're excited about the entire look and, and kind of some of the feedback they've been getting, uh, especially internally there. I know, you know, you know how it is as a brand, you, you always have big plans to, for the future. There's more, there's a lot more to this, you know, coming into, you know, 2021 and then, and forward, uh, you know, we have a lot of directions to go with it. So I know they're, they're really excited about it, and uh, they've actually had pretty good numbers in sales uh, through Fanatics already, so um, that's a good sign. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Darwin, what was uh, what was something that you guys um, gave feedback on in terms of the uniform? You know, you guys, obviously, that was your focus, um, the piece of this rebrand that you guys owned. Walk me about. Walk me through the process of of coming up with the uniform and and how that ties in with the overall story. Well, I'll let uh, let Brendan answer this one. Uh, obviously, the rebrand here was a very uh, uh, closed door operation, and even though I'm in the room, I was I didn't really have that much insider input on it. So I'll let Brendan take that one. Got it. No, I'm I'm proud of you for that answer there. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it, it involves several, you know, several trips for myself up up to uh, Portland, up to Nike. Um, you know, we have a we have a very unique unique piece coming with our uniform uh, that I you know I can't reveal yet, but uh, it's a little non traditional, so it's pre I'm pretty excited about it. Um, and that was something Nike I know was super excited about doing. Um, again, kind of there's a story to it that I can't. Can't quite reveal yet, but uh, yeah. uniforms are gonna be cool. We're gonna make, I think, we're gonna make a splash with those. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, how does this compare to 
you know, you're also with the Jets, Brendan, um, yeah. for a while. You know, how does this compare, you know, in, in terms of anything that the Jets organization did for, for rebrand? Um, you know, obviously they've had some changes over the years, and, and I think you were a part of some of those. Um, but how was the process here different than, than what that was at the Jets? Uh, you know, good question. So, you know, Jets went to rebrand like two two years ago now, uh, similar timing. Uh, you know, obviously we learned a lot from their rebrand being such a large market, kind of saying we're share market with the Chargers or share market with the Giants, you know, kind of how you carve out your, your own little piece. Um, and, you know, the Jets... Jets were unique. I mean, some of the cool things we got to do then that we don't get to do now, too, is also, you know, those, we had opportunities on those throwback uniforms. Kind of like colleges have, you know, they're able to do a lot of stuff with alternate uniforms and kind of come up with new stuff. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, moving forward in the league here, we'll be able to do uh, a different color uniform. But Yeah, that's cool. Uh, this is uh, just Tim chiming in, listening a little bit. Uh, Brennan, you know, it sounds like that you guys, I mean, both you and Darwin have a lot of experience of going through the process of uh, material selection, you know, uniform design and everything else along those lines. For people that have no idea how that process goes, uh, could you guys just kind of give an overview of what those steps are and what it takes uh, when you are working with a Nike or an Under Armour or whatever it may be, you know, once the logo is finalized and then now focus is put on uh, the creation and selection and design of uh, uniforms and equipment. At the NFL level, there's a lot of restrictions from the league that you can only do certain things. Uh, and when you make, you know, you make an alteration to a uniform, you're locked in, you know, pending what it is, three to five years at a time. So it, it's a big decision, uh, not only on the equipment side, but on the, you know, the merchandise side, um, it affects the sales and everything else. So you know, where at the NCA level, you can kind of do as you please whenever you kind of want, um, you know, which which made a lot of fun. And I had a lot of fun doing that at, at UCLA with different different uniforms and, uh, you know, doing our, our third or alternate stuff. We did a lot with the, uh, you know, I like to base things around the military game, you know, military appreciation games and stuff. We had to do some cool stuff with that, um, really. And <laughs> really a lot of that come, comes from, uh, you know, the equipment managers get, get a lot put into that, especially, especially when it comes to helmet design. Um, obviously, uniforms need to be able to be made through, you know, your, your Nikes, Adidas, Under Armors. Um, so, but once you, once you get that, all, all the little details, you know, face masks and the, the bumpers on there and the decals. Um, so that's really pretty, pretty cool. One of the parts of the job I always really enjoyed. Uh, Darwin, I'll let you speak to it a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, you know, obviously the Blackberger said, you know, the college level, it's a little, it's, uh, it's a little bit more open. Um, we had uh, military appreciation games, we had opportunities to do things like that. Um, or, you know, if you want to throw an alternate in there every now and again, uh, we really didn't have to have much of an input from, uh, I guess, the steps to get it done wasn't weren't so severe um you know usually it was you know just go to the head coach if it's you know kind of talk to your captains your team leaders and see if we get their input on it and and let it roll um and uh that's kind of what we did at ucla obviously when we went to we were actually going to go to the uh westwood version of a football uniform at ucla uh, when jim moore was there 
we had everything teed up to go. Was in the process of getting the helmet done and the coaching changed. The whole thing went down. It never happened. But you know, it's it, it usually college level. It the coaches and more or less the equipment manager, whereas the NFL is a little bit more of a higher reaching operation. Darwin, you talking uh, Westwood story, UCLA Under Armour days. You're going to give me PTSD, man. Take it easy on that, all right? Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> that thing is going to look sweet, though, man. <laughs> to, uh, to give people a little bit of perspective on the timing, you, know, you guys mentioned for the Rams, it took, uh, you know, 18 months or so to go from beginning a process to end. Once a logo is selected, how much of a lead time and time frame is needed to not only design, you know, uniforms and merchandise, but then to get it into production and for you guys to take over and do what you do best. You know, we place orders in October, November for stuff we received the next July. So we're, we're way out in front of everything. So, you know, that's one of the biggest parts is being able to lock in and make a decision on the brand and the colors and everything else in order to get directly executed in a timely manner, right? Make sure you have everything kind of dot the I's and cross the T's on that. But, you know, then it trickles down to to the second part, right? You get out of the uniforms and the actual apparel and, you know, we're, we're rebranding our, like I said, nameplates. We're redoing our whole locker room, you know, nameplates down to the stools. The guys are sitting on the lockers. Everything's got to get facelifted, you know, the, the signage and, and artwork around the facility, the graphics on the walls, everything, you know, everything's getting redone. It's, it's a major project. Um, and kind of making those decisions ahead of time. So you want it to be overnight if you could, uh, that's not really feasible, but, uh, you want to get as much as you can. So then you start targeting, okay, what, what can we do first? What are the guys going to see right away? You know, we want these guys to walk back in the building and be like, okay, you know, we're rebranded here. This is, you know, I can see the difference, you know, we got different colors, you know, guys notice the details on some of those things, right? It's not just, Oh, cool. We got new, new sweatshirts to wear new t-shirts. It's, uh, you know, our meeting rooms are, you know, the walls are, you know, color different, you know, our, our, like I said, our locker stools are all done, you know, um, you know, the graphics in our weight room are all new, you know, everything else. It's, it's a, it's a huge process. Uh, if you look at how much branding in an NFL facility or a college facility, it's uh, it's incredible. Everything's branded out, right? You see logos everywhere. You know, Brendan, you know, what advice would you, you know, you've been through it, you know, on the college level. And just to add to Tim's point, you know, what, what advice would you give to a school um, from equipment, you know, up to athletic director? You know, what advice would you give to them in, in looking to do a rebrand? Um, or when they're transitioning or renewing with a Nike or Adidas or Under Armour? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, to me, that's easy, Pat. Uh, not not to kind of put you up on too much of a pedestal, but like, work, you know, work with you on it, you know. You know, your ability to connect the, you know, the entire campus, right? Like you just said, kind of from the AD all the way down to the equipment. They're so important that everyone's on, you know, same page, uh, communicating. Brendan, you know you're not getting paid for this, right? You, you, know, know. you know we can't afford to no, pay you for this, right? Okay, cool. I haven't yeah. sent a check over to you guys. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate no, man. it, man. I appreciate you know, it. I mean, experience like that, though, it's, it's hard to do, you know. Um, going through it with you at UCLA was such a big deal. Uh, it helped me at Rutgers, and then when I got here, uh, you know, we were going through rebrand, I remember speaking on my interview here with 
with some of the people and saying, Hey, you know, were you at UCLA for the changeover? I said, yeah, you know, I got to go through all that. And, you know, I think that helped me out getting the position here because I'd been through something like that. It's just, uh, you know, the ability to tie everyone together is, you know, I'm sure you guys go through it all the time, right? With, you know, I looked a little bit on your website, you know, with Georgia and a couple of these other schools and partners that, uh, you know, just being able to work all those levels, um, super important, you know, sometimes you just need the direction, right? From the AD wants to lock in with this, okay, this is what we're going to do. So then for us, just to be able to carry that out from there, um, you know, I know a lot of times I'm not going to be the one making the decision on what logo or color or whatever we go with, but if I can be on the same page and, and, you know, if the AD says, Hey, like you're the one doing this, like, what do you think? Uh, just being able to tie together is huge. Uh, and like I said, the experience, Absolutely. the experience like that's, uh, it's hard to find to be honest with you. And, uh, like I'm still, I still remember watching the presentation of how, like I said earlier, they came up with, Hey, these are the two stories we're going to tell the, you know, Marty Bruins and Westwood and, this is why I was like, man, this is, this is incredible. Like if anyone watched that presentation and didn't understand it, like you probably shouldn't be working in college athletics, you know, like, uh, right. It was, it was so clean. Right. It was so clean. I was, I was really impressed. And, and, and that's why I was true to these guys to, to Tim and the crew here at varsity. I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive the way they, they tell stories. Um, and, and it really, you know, since I was around it at Under Armour and the team, you know, that they kind of put that UCLA story together, like what these guys have done for not just colleges, but but other brands and um, really impressive, really cool to see. And, and to your point, until you go through it, you don't know, you know, kind of what goes into it and, and how impactful it can be. But when you can tell a really good story like that, um, you know, anyone gets it, not just, you know, people in college sports. So, so yeah, I, th- I think that's awesome. Darwin, any, any other, uh, advice to add on, on rebranding and, you know, something to be, uh, to be mindful of or, or was surprising for you? Um, not that I sit here and think about it. I mean, I don't necessarily have any advice, but it's just more or less like, I feel like I've been a part of four rebrands. Um, just thinking about it when I was at UC at Northwestern as an intern, they went from Adidas Under Armour, UCLA, Adidas Under Armour, um, now here and then if I guess that's three but it just seems like it's a process that it's pretty cool to be a part of um you always have to be open to new ideas but also keep the try to keep your tradition and uh, I feel like the Under Armour's and Nikes and everyone else the Adidas have, have done a good job of doing that everywhere I've been uh yeah I thought something Darwin just hit on but like you know going from the different brands too not just not just your your rebrand internally of the logos and colors but you know when I was with the Jets, we went from Reebok to Nike, and it was like, uh, <laughs> you know, I remember Nike's presentation. It was like, oh, man, it was like, uh, you know, Global Gym coming in and kind of giving them a feel. You're like, oh, my God. You, guys got, you know, New World Order kind of, you know. Um, and then. Does that, does that make Under Armour average Joes, or, or how does that work? Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No, but you know, and then same thing. You had to go there, didn't you? You know, going from Adidas to <laughs> was uh again similar thing. You know, Under Armour came with such a great plan and, and the story and everything else. You're like, oh, this is a no-brainer, you know. 
and when you can visually see it and you know for lack of a better term but like the layman that every every other fan can understand what's going on it, it's just like i said it's so clean and easy and you, you know you only think you only think too deep into it you're like oh yeah of course why wouldn't we do it that way you know right right and speaking of good sco- storytelling um you know we are coming up on the 20 year anniversary of the greatest show on turf yeah. anything you can share on uh anything you guys are doing to to honor that well i mean we're gonna be playing on a new turf turf field at sofi stadium so we got a couple ideas all right all right all right that's a great story to tell you know uh Super Bowl like anniversary. This, is, this has been great to hear from you know from our perspective uh you know my background i come from the design side uh, you know, really understanding the storytelling aspect um, and hearing it from, you know, your perspective and how important it is, I think just cements the fact that storytelling will always be key through the initial logo design all the way through to application on uh, the bumper of a helmet. Um, I think that's really cool that everybody, you know, kind of sees it that way and the same energy is there for it. Yeah, of course. And I think obviously now, you know, with, with digital media platforms, it's so easy to reach every you know, every fan. It's so easy to reach everybody that you can tell that story and, and have it make sense to everybody. You know, like we did a commemorative patch for the L.A. Coliseum, you know, um, oh, you saw it, but it was on the jerseys. We wore it for the last game and we sold some merchandise and stuff just for the fans that, that were here before the Rams left and kind of the years we played at the Coliseum, what that means to them. Uh, you know, I know I got someone on staff that <laughs> he, uh, you know, he runs balls for us on the weekends, but he, he's a lifelong Rams fan. And his memory was going to the Coliseum with his dad when he was a kid, you know, so to him, like that meant something really important, you know, where to me, I don't really have any ties to Coliseum. So, I, you know, except that I hated going there because it was a rival <laughs> UCLA and it's, it's the way I did it. Young, but, you know, to him and a lot of people wait to get out of there you know it really means something and uh so that was cool you know that we end up doing that you know if any ideas like that you guys come up with that you could pitch to some people that maybe aren't thinking about it you know that's uh i think that'd be huge yeah that's a lot of our uh you know we always believe that history can help support the future vision of any organization so when we work directly with georgia Um, That was actually the challenge that they had this stadium, you know, from 1929 that had so much history in it, but there wasn't any story told around that history. But it it all impacted the history. And that was something that was so important in that stadium and how many stories we heard exactly what you just said, uh, you know, about the Coliseum was really the driver behind it. So when somebody goes back to it, um, you know, with their kids and everything else, they're able to have that connection. And that's it's just I think that's the the fun in what we do also um, is in the passion and uh, you know exactly what you're talking about with you know, being able to tie the history to the brand and everything else in between. Yeah, anytime we can do that, that's a home run. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, Brendan Darwin, you guys killed it as always. Thanks so much for for giving us some info for chopping it up with us. Um, look forward to uh, coming out to SoFi pretty soon i appreciate the invite and um we'll be talking soon 
Thanks again to Brendan and Darwin from the LA Rams for an awesome interview, sharing perspective on the Rams rebrand. And thank you all for listening to the first episode of the From the Raptors podcast by the consultants that create Varsity Partners. I'm your host, Pat Flynn, checking out. We'll see you next time.